So there will be 0.0 football talk on this podcast because we're a motorcycle racing podcast. So there's no need at all to let us know about anything that you know, love, or anything about football. Jason Pridmore. I take offense to that, G-Dub. Come on. Why? My team is my team is back in the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's going to be a fun. You, you had the greatest fun. quote last was it were we on air when you said it last week? I think towards the end and you say your your team's already been on vacation for 3 weeks. Yours has. Yeah, I I dude, I laughed so hard at that. I think I probably told 10 people in Lancaster PA about that. It was so funny. It was a very good one. <laughs> Hi everybody, welcome to the Greg's Garage Pod with co-host Jason Pridmore. Presented by bike911.com because we know that sometimes you need some legal help. And why not go to somebody, especially if you have a motorcycle issue, who understands what you're going through? Alex Asante is your guy. Bike911.com, that's a website. Okay, you go to something called a web browser, you type that in, you go visit the site, you go reach out to our boy Alex Asante, and he'll get in touch with you, especially if you're in California. The rest of it, I don't know. Reach out to him anyway, because he's a good dude and he'll help you. Jason Pridmore, how are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Did you, uh, I know it's, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Yep. So it's a little, little early in terms of checking out the test. There was, you know, yet last week we recorded on Wednesday and there was another test at Jerez day two on Thursday and they're already back world Superbike testing at uh, Portimao. Did you get a chance yeah. to look at the times or see anything? I know you I did. I did. Yeah. I was looking at it this morning and appreciate you sending that link to me too, G-Dub. And mm-hmm. uh, could, it does give you a chance to go through some things. And um, when you look at it, Rinaldi on top, Johnny Ray second, Batista and Top Rack follow. So Rinaldi this morning or today, he went quick. It looked like a couple time attacks at the end of it. Um, Locatelli has been quick as well. So the thing that's jumped out to me um, is is the fact how far down the BMWs are. Um Loris Baz, I believe, is the or Garrett's the first one at thirteenth, and then Baz, then Redding. They're all they're all in there together, and they're all right around the same time. Forty point six, forty point seven, forty point seven. So it looks like right now the BMWs are struggling a little. Um, but I think that you know it came out this week that Ronaldi's you know he wants to win the championship, and he's started off pretty well here. He had a good test at Jerez. Um, maybe this is the year where we see, you know, um, Ronaldo actually step up and can battle those other top three guys for the championship all season long. Maybe. I mean, the one thing about the website that they have this live timing thing that they have going on is that you look at it and, you know, before things really got rolling uh-huh. at 1030 in the morning, Ronaldo took over the number one spot for literally like half of a minute until Alex mm-hmm. Lowe's took it over. But back then they were doing 42 flats and ah. Alex goes out and does a 41 seven, you know, then it became, if you look at it, it became kind of the Bautista top rack, Johnny Ray show and where they just kind of kept trading and, and kept lowering that lap times. But it was Rinaldi at what one twenty in the afternoon who was able to be like, he was the first one to dip down into the 39. So he goes 39, eight. So he's been there. You know, all, all, you know, but it was from one eighteen until basically when they wrapped up at three o'clock, four o'clock. What's seventeen hundred? Yeah. yeah, five o'clock. Seventeen hundred is five o'clock. <clears throat> seventeen hundred so, o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess done. it was Did like you- one o'clock to five o'clock before Ronaldo got back on the top. 
Did you look at the, the actual classification and stuff that you sent me? There's a lot of numbers, a lot of things. When you, yeah. you can't really, even the top speed stuff, like you can't really go by it because you get a you get a draft down that front straight away, and it could really make a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, I was also looking at where it says laps, and I was going to ask you, G Dub. Um, I think laps is how many laps they did on the day. Correct for that bike. Right? For that bike. For that bike. And if you look at yeah. one of the, you know, I was looking. We didn't talk about them a lot last week. Um, but like Tom Sykes rolling around down there in 22nd place, you know, um, mm-hmm. I misread something here. I thought he'd only done four laps. So I thought maybe something happened. He actually did 53 laps today, but it's, it's interesting. Cause he's at a, what is he? 41 five. So he's almost two seconds off now. Um, even two seconds off the Cowies and you got to kind of wonder what his motivation is going to be. Petrucci, another one who shined pretty well. At the mm. test in Jerez, um, yeah, like he had one bike and he did what sixty five laps. 60, he did sixty five laps and he's about one point seven off. Is that what I'm reading? So, yeah. and you know, a lot of these guys, some guys probably didn't do time attacks, you know, at the end. So it it, it could have something as much as that. Don't want to read into it too much, but yeah. But is what, what do you think for testing to 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 get a better understanding of a motorcycle? Portimao or Jerez? I mean, totally different racetracks, different speeds, I think, right? Like, you you look at top speeds. What do you think? Portimao is like a real test, right? Portimao's got ups and downs. And, um, I mean, I feel like if you can get a bike handling around Portimao, you're doing pretty well. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that uh, I, I, you know, Jerez, they always go there in the winter and they always go fast. The biggest comment I get hearing from you know, when they go to Jerez, you know, they're not racing there this year. But whenever they go testing there, it's always like perfect conditions in the winter, and, but it's cooler. It's a lot cooler. So the lap times are faster than they are when they go back there and race. So Portimao, um, didn't get to see what the weather's like down there, but they're kind of in and around that lap record pace that they would normally be at even on race weekend. So, you know, I haven't found out this morning what it's, you know, what it's like down there just yet. But um, did you see your boy destroyed one? No, did at like ten thirty, somewhere around ten thirty this morning. Ugh. Alex Lowe's destroyed one, completely did wrote he? it off. Ugh. Yeah, he was right. okay. Obviously, I mean, he ends up P nine, like you know, half a second, point six of a second off of what Rinaldi did. Yeah, so he was, you know, he's right there in the mix. But yeah, you see, like Johnny Ray number two, his bike only did four laps, and then Lowe's bike number two did three laps. Yeah, Johnny's might have been by choice, and Alex's probably wasn't. Alex yeah, was probably by yeah. By hopefully, he, hopefully he's okay though. He did. He must have done it in the second sector because I could see he's green in the first sector, which means he was on a, a decent one. Um, second sector, you, you in second you're sector, correct. he probably uh, tossed the thing down the road because he was green in that first split. So and and, and you know, so Chevy Vierge, I think is another good one. That, you know, talking to Steve English even after a little bit after the um, press test, he said the Hondas are really fast. They definitely have made a step. So um, to see, you know, Chevy Vier, hey, what is he, Greg? He's only point four off. So, so that's and he led good. early on. You know, he led earlier he? in the day, like he was setting the yep. pace. Yeah, but that's you know in the forty two range. Obviously, yeah. they got things going. So this is what GP one reporting on Alex J. Um, let's see, the test started uphill for Lowe's around noon. Sorry, the Kawasaki rider was in. In fact, the victim of a violent fall that caused extensive damage to a ZX-10. Luckily, the, the photo you see here, the Britain 
So he suffered an accident in turn 10 is what they're saying. Okay. So. Um, 10, 10. Yeah. Okay. That's fast. If that's fast. the fast right, I believe. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'd have to have to rethink of it. I've never really got to ride Portimao. So I don't know all the numbers just yet. 10 might be at the there's... top of the hill before they go down the hill. So um, you got a few people that listen in Spain. Maybe somebody will get a track day organized for you. You can go to Portimao. Got to ride that thing. Yeah, no, we're we're making some plans. Um, making some plans to to get over to Europe for sure. Portimao is just unreal. Like if you get a chance to go there, that's it's one. It's kind of on the bucket list. Got a few this year that we're looking at, GW, as far as going overseas and doing some riding. And oh, that'd be cool. one one that I know is close to you. That you know we always hear you talk about. I is Spa. So we're trying mm-hmm. to we're trying to mix Are it in there serious? where we can do. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to spa. ride that track in the dry one day. Yeah. <laughs> Every session I did was in the rain, but mm-hmm. you know, it's one of yeah, those well, things too, where like, I, I remember the track the way I remember the track. And then like, I see yep. it on a video game or I watch a video and I'm like, why don't I remember that one section? Like, why, why do I miss those three corners? I'd yep. like to go back just to refresh someday. Beautiful place yeah. though. Really well, cool. we're looking at like doing, you know, you tie in a world Superbike or a MotoGP event or something going over there. So mm-hmm. there's a few of us looking into going and doing that this year. And, there's a few track days at spa and I'm like, man, I got to get to that place and at least ride it. I've always, I always wanted to do the 24 hour there, but yeah. So, so what are you gathering from the world Superbike? Then? I mean, it looks like the Ducatis have just gotten better again, which is good for them. Yeah. Listen, world Superbike did a whole article about like the Jerez test, wrapping up the Jerez test from last week. And so I was just going to go over some of that stuff in, in the news segment section. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, Hey, look, you know, you know, the song, you know, the read, News is presented by Arai. Go to AraiAmericas.com. Look at the helmets. Go get yourself a helmet. So we'll roll right into it. Um, so this is the article, Jay. So what, it kind of breaks down manufacturer by manufacturer. So Ducati, their highlights are new engine, new exhaust, new winglet refinements, right? And yeah. so Claudio uh, Domicelli talked about they have a sexy high-spec new engine or whatever. They have new winglets, two elements. There's like a main plus like the flap deal. So they said that um, the aerodynamics create uh, a load that is like, and, and they're more compact and thinner by 40 to 50%. They have a new exhaust, which means more horsepower. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously you're getting some support of the new bikes on, you know, on the Rinaldi side and the uh, Petrucci side of things. As for the BMW, we know that the new bike came out with new winglets, right? Like they were revamped and, and those things have to be the same. New gearbox and they've switched brake suppliers. And that's that's a big deal. But the biggest thing that they the riders talked about at Jerez test is getting it to turn better. Okay. You know, like the initial turn in and all that kind of stuff. So yep. apparently, you know, they've switched from Nissan brakes to Brembo brakes. And they also have a new gearbox, which allows quicker changes, both upshifts and downshifts. Yep. Uh, so that's going to make life easier for the riders. Kawasaki, they did staffing changes. Did you hear that um, Xander Donkers now works for Johnny Ray? Do you remember him? Yeah. If you saw I, his fit, yeah. I, I remember, totally him. He remember worked- him. And, and uh, yeah. Christoph Lambert. Christoph, it's so funny. That, it's so weird that you just do that because I was sitting there. I'm like, oh, I was going to tell you because Christoph was actually my dad, a guy when I did World Superbike in 08. How crazy is that? And he's been... That's where I know his name from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so okay. Christoph, so he's a great guy, and he's been with Yamaha forever, forever. 
and now he's at Cowie. Yeah, and he's That's working wild. on the top rack. And then Xander Donkers, who's was here in the States, he's done a lot of stuff, but he's been in the States during the Honda days. You know, I think like I was talking to Josh Hayes about it. He remembers doing some testing for factory Honda and, and oh, yeah. Xander was like the guy and stuff. Another really, really good dude. Yep. So there's, you know, there, there are people out there. So, but Kawasaki made staffing changes. They're working on corner exit and some suspension bits. And I have to think that, uh, I thought it was somebody, one of the manufacturers I saw change their gearbox. Was it Kawasaki? Maybe it was Yamaha. Um, it was Yamaha okay. over the week where they were they were having um they were still one of the manufacturers where you would blow through neutral. You know, you had one neutral, uh, yeah. second, third, fourth, and they've changed that to be more like, you know, what uh, our Yamaha team is gonna be running this year. And I'm sure everybody's gonna be running that gearbox, which is neutral on the bottom, one one through six is the deal, so you don't have to blow through neutral. Yeah, Yamaha, new swing arm, new links. So the link, if you're unfamiliar with it, is basically the dog bones they're like what connects the swing arm to the shock and there's very particular ratios and angles and things like that that those things can be to really affect how you get grip Mm -hmm. and they're working on electronics as well and at jerez the big bosses from japan were there new engine spec and new swing arms as well so there's quite a bit of parts and bits and pieces that are being thrown at this stuff and is it this test jay i can't remember if it's this test the portamount test where they have to make their final decision and submit their paperwork for transmission. Well, I got to think Maybe. it is because I think that they only start the, the next test is at Phillip Island, like the weekend prior to the race. Remember how yeah, they roll right, into so. Phillip Island? They they roll over there and then they do a test and they roll right into like the race weekend immediately. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So but it is pretty gnarly to see them testing and that the top three are only separated by 68 thousandths of a second. My question is, is how hard did Johnny Ray have to ride to get there? And how hard did, like, you know... Well, they're all riding uh, hard. I mean, at the end of the day, they're all No, 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 hard, but you know what I'm so, saying. You know what I'm yeah. saying. You know what I'm no, saying. No, like, how much more over the edge does he have to go than everybody else? You know, it's... Right. It's a conversation that is just too hard to have until you see them actually racing and seeing... I, I Look, it's going to be a little bit of the same as last year. The Ducati's made some steps that we know, which I love. I love the fact that Ducati's not resting. Um... They want to keep on hammering down and, and uh, stick it to everybody, which I think is great. Um, but, you know, the fact that the Ducati's got better, it, it's weird because, you know, Bassani's not really anywhere, you know, to, to really be seen uh, on that list. If you look, Bassani's quite a way down, G-Dub. I think he's like, well, on his first bike, says he's 27th. So, obviously, this must just be a huge shakedown test for him, right? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Petrucci's Petrucci's way down. Like, why is Danilo so far back when he did so well at Jerez? But you've got to think that those two Ducati teams will get their bikes better, get their riders up front further. So, and with Locatelli, with Rinaldi now, Rinaldi's always done pretty well. He always rides pretty well at Portimao as well. Um, So we'll see. I mean, it's Ducati hasn't rested, and they were already better and quicker than everybody else last year. As far as bike goes, and now you might end. By up the way, same same guys. thing in in World Supersport. Bulaga on the Ducati was the, was the fastest one was at one forty three two. Yeah, and you know they're at. Um, well, they don't. I don't have the average. They're this top speed. You know that Miguel Oliveira was there on a stock bike, and he went like four seconds slower. Than I saw those, that. Than the, 
Superbike guys. At the time when he did his lap time, he was only three seconds slower. Was he on an RSV? What's he on? I think he's on a Ducati, isn't he? Let me oh, see. He's a guy. I know that. Um, I think he's on GP1 dude, next. Oh yeah, he's on the RSV. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah, you're right. So they they made note of it. They're like, yeah, he's on a stock RSV4S or whatever the heck it is that they have over there. So pretty cool to see all. I mean, dude, they had tons of like you have 50 bikes listed, but there's a lot of duplicates, you know. But like our boy um, Hafiz Sirene was out there riding. And so was DeRosa. Um, I was talking. Uh, I was talking with Sam Lowe's about. He went out to Jerez, you know, and he said it was fun sharing the the track with Alex. And he said that Alex was every chance he could get. Kind of sound like he was kind of buzzing him, you know. He he. Oh, was Sam, really? Sam's on like a <laughs> Sam's on like a stock thousand spec R one. So that's you know he he's been testing his shoulder out and seeing how he's been getting going. So. He was part of that whole Jerez test, kind of like Oliveira is down there, probably on the stock thousand Aprilia. Yeah, he is. That, right. They, they, I mean, so, you're allowed. You're allowed a couple changes, like ergonomic stuff. Yeah. But you're not allowed. There, there are very specific rules as to what those bikes. Did you are see his top? To like. Did you see his top speed? No, I'm looking at it right now. His top speed was two two hundred ninety six k two ninety six point seven. And you see Ronaldo's top speed. Yeah, well, yeah, two ninety one. I think the Aprilia's Holy got some heat in it, Nike. A little bit. I mean, yeah. a little bit. My and again, goodness. look I know- when you just look at top speeds, Greg. You and I can't just completely draw our conclusions. Yeah, it could have been a that. three rider draft, could've but been, I mean, he had gearing to do it, right? It could have come out of the last corner behind a couple guys or got drawn down the straightaway in a draft. But yeah, the bike obviously is not slow. Two ninety six is pretty fast. So Valentin DeBees was there. He was so uh-huh. Bulaga did a forty three two, and Valentin DeBees went forty three eight. So he's about not six tenths. Yeah, mm-hmm. riding for GMT. So yeah, yeah. Is, is GMT? I can't remember if they got anybody else this year. Is it just DeBees? I can't remember I, who else I, they have. If have whoever, to, have if they look. do, yeah, I don't remember. I think now, it's a two rider team though, but. Anyway, so that that's the test that happened. I think they have one more tomorrow, right? Portimao yeah, again yeah, tomorrow yeah. on on Wednesday. Uh, so we will be keeping an eye on that stuff. But yeah. um, all right, let's talk about some other news. So over at Crash.net, Peter McLaren posted an interesting article that, that kind of put our words into feelings or put our feelings into words, I should say, in MotoGP. It's an article about uh, what happens to the manufacturers when they lose their concessions. So concessions are basically... Dorna's way of saying you stink, you need extra concessions like private testing with your race riders. You have exemption in in in-season engine development where the other manufacturers are frozen, stuff like that. And until you earn six concession points, and that's all based on like podium finishes, like first gives you more, like gives you more concession points than third or whatever. Then until you reach that threshold, you're good. But both Suzuki and KTM had a drop in their results the following season. And in the article, it's noted then in 2017, after four podiums for Suzuki and a win, 2018, zero podiums. And KTM kind of suffered a similar fate. Like 2020 was their last concession with Polo Spargaro. They were fifth in the championship. They like won three races, eight podiums and stuff. And the interview was more with Pitt Byra, who is, you know, the, the manager over at KTM, talking about how much they underestimated it. And the reason I think the article is written is because now Aprilia is in the same boat. You know, yep. Aprilia comes in off of concessions and... My question to you is, Jay, is the difference is, is that KTM 
and Suzuki at the time didn't have what Aprilia is going to have, which is they're going to put two more bikes on the grid. So they'll have four bikes to pull data from, but they lose their ability to put their factory riders and their bikes in the midseason, all that kind of stuff. Do you think at this point, from what we've seen from Aprilia, knowing how their season went last year, yeah. that this is really going to affect them or not? No, I think they're going to be fine. I think that they wouldn't go forward with the plans to run a second team if they didn't think that their bike was competitive. My feeling is now they've got four guys that they're going to be you know, scrambling for information from all four. I think that, that Aprilia showed throughout the course of the last half of the season even that it was still a very competitive package. Um, you know, Again, you got to question – you know, where's Vinales? Where's his head going to be? Everybody you talk to are like, the guy's the most talented guy. Uh, he should be running up front. But, you know, Greg, he does this where he, he qualifies top five, six, eight, and then goes 12th, you know, or 15th or something. Um, Aleish put in such a tremendous year last year and uh, and rode hard all season, got a win for him, um, was consistent podium guy. Uh, I, I think the, the real one for me now is going to be Oliveira. How quickly will he establish himself? Cause he's going to be trying to fight him, fight himself back into a factory seat. And Alicia isn't going to be there forever. And you can see somebody like Oliveira, who's probably hungry to stick it to KTM and, and try to do well. He had a great test at Valencia already on the Aprilia. I think he was like one of the fastest guys, wasn't he? Um, Miguel Oliveira was. So, you know, I think that when you look at things, I think that Aprilia is more than capable uh, and testing. When do they start testing? Next next month, right? Yeah, start, yeah, start like testing. So the beginning, like in a week, maybe is it? Yeah, is it the first test in a week. Yeah, at yep. Sepang. At Sepang. So I think that you're going to see a lot of things there, but I I really think that Oliveira is, he he could be incredible this year on that bike if it's as good as what the other two guys have made it look like. So Oliveira, he's another one of those guys. So Greg, where one weekend he's there, the next weekend he's not. So the only guy that's proven to be super consistent of the four, you know, because Raul Fernandez is his teammate now too. We haven't seen much out of him, but, you know, Aleish was pretty consistent last year. Will he be able to pick up where he's at? And and will he have a couple of teammates pushing him? So according to MotoGP, the first test is in, at Sepang is in four days and eight hours. Yep. And then there's a second test on February 9th at Sepang. I thought one of those is like, like, isn't it like, like one of them's oh, got to be closed. One of them's like just for the test riders and that, that's just for the guys, test riders right? and stuff. And maybe that's the one that should be the first one because they're yeah. saying that that's the Sepang shakedown. And then I think that's like a two or three day test. Let's see. Okay. But one of those, maybe it's just a, one of those is going to be closed. And I know yeah. that a couple of weeks ago, there were a bunch of Moto GP journalists that were like, all of a sudden, they had concern for the fans. It was pretty, pretty uh, hilarious to me. Yeah, they're like, "All, did you see all that?" They're like tweeting out stuff or putting stuff on Instagram, like, "Hey, MotoGP, you, you know, your your ratings are going down, and how do you expect race fans to continuously stay engaged if you block us all out?" And I'm like, mm, "The same guys really? that bitch about traveling too much are are pissed off they can't go to a test." Yeah. Plus, the majority <laughs> of the people that watch their stuff are hardcore people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That are going to be engaged with it. I think, you know, it's if they want to close the test, let them close the test. I, I, I don't think they, that the entire series is going to collapse because of one test in Sepang, you know, with the yeah, test. I think they're going to be okay. I think, I think they're going to be okay. Yeah. I think they'll be okay. Yeah. I think MotoGP, Jason, I think their next search is who who is our next, 
who's our next superstar? Who are the fans going to respond to? You know, and and for the for the hardcore people, yeah. it's everybody getting along. It has, doesn't have much appeal for me. So I think that there's going to be fireworks in the Ducati garage this year. I do too. And I think that that's going to get a lot more people interested in as long as MotoGP does a good job of capitalizing on the drama that's going to be there. Do you think that there's not some guys at Honda right now shitting themselves about getting out for this first test with all the four of their guys? <laughs> I mean, there's just they just haven't had time to fix that. Fix that well, bike. I mean, right? now, you know, there's been so much said and like you're reading all this stuff about is Ducati going to be the first one to go after Mark Marquez? And, you know, it's 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 just it's and probably for some of our older listeners like me out there that it's so crazy to think that Honda is kind of at the bottom of the barrel right now. Like when you think about Honda and people are, you know, running away from it. Almost. It's so wild to me because Honda has just dominated everything for so many, 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 many years. And the fact that there's even talks about Marquez leaving Honda and, you know, Rins and Mir are going to come in there ready to go, fired up. Let's make this program work. Let's get it back on track. But man, I'll tell you, the second that they're back there battling for 14th or 12th or whatever, it's going to be really easy to see the air go out of that balloon, you know? But I think it's going to be worse because if Marquez is as healthy as he says, if he's as hungry as he is, he's going to work magic on a bike that isn't rideable by anyone else again. Yeah, and Honda's going to go. All right, good enough. We're winning. Well, you, and then you that's know. going to lead. That, then that means those other three riders are going to be left absolutely just to just you know twiddle their thumbs because they won't get help. Because if the bike's fine and Marquez is able to do ma- you know perform magic on the thing. HRC has been known to say one rider, a rider. This this is where like I look at KTMJ and I think to myself, okay, you and I have been around the sport long enough. Race teams, race departments have limited resources, no question. Yeah, you come out with a new part, it takes time to build that part, and so we always see like the A rider is going to get it, then the B rider is going to get it, then they come up with a new part, then the satellite teams get it. Right? Is that that's been now? I I understand that you know there's been advances in technology and the way stuff's developed. But I've never seen a manufacturer say, this is the most bitching part. We're going to make four of them right now. Everybody gets it. It's, it's yep. rare when that happens. Yep. So you tell me, you have a factory gas gas team and a factory KTM team. Yeah. But they're, they're but that's the same. It's exact. How's exact that going to work? There's a lot of things, like you say, Greg, there could be some, some definite things to keep an eye on this year within the MotoGP paddock. Because like you say, I think Bastianini and Bagnai are going to go at each other. I think no matter what you want to think, I think that Miller is harboring some ill thoughts towards Ducati. He's going to be motivated on the KTM and the revenge with, tour. With yeah, with Bender on his as his teammate, I think that could be pretty good. The blow up that could see at Honda, you know, I, you know me, Greg. I don't like to create drama, but when you look at it on paper, there's a lot of that going on right now. Of who's gonna who's gonna step up? So Honda is going to be another big question mark as far as moving forward. And that's going to be for all the Honda riders. And I think that when you look at a guy like Alex Marquez, he's been pretty vocal about his feelings with Honda and how he feels like things get ran over there. It's a big year for him on that Ducati. He's going to get on that Grassini Ducati. And if he has a good year, you don't think he's going to be, you know, talking to his brother about that, you know, going into the next season. Is Marquez out of contract going into 24? 
I mean, it must be if they're talking. It must to be him. they're talking to him this much. Talking. To him. So mm-hmm. there are a lot. I mean, of we'll things. know. We'll know, there Jason. I, you things. know, because remember now, silly season is. I mean, it's backed its way all the way up to the first race of the year. It does, right? Yeah. Like in the last couple of years. So I think we'll know pretty quick if he's got a contract extension. I don't really know the details of it, but my, my thing is, is that now you have HRC who's bringing some Suzuki mines into the fold, something that we rarely see in racing, you know, people jumping manufacturers. Obviously, Suzuki has dissolved their racing department, so some people are out of a job. My question is, as an organization – and this, this isn't meaning to be critical. It's meaning to be an observation yep. from things that have happened over the years, dating all the way back to the Rossi days, is that HRC has the biggest ego of any of those companies out there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's famous now that it came down to Rossi saying, I'm a better rider than the bike, and HRC saying, no, we're a better bike than you are a rider. And mm-hmm. he left and went to Yamaha and kicked the shit out of him. Yeah. So it's, it's, my question is, is if the people that are, you know, there's some names we don't know of that are going over there from Suzuki, and we talked about it last week, you know, Ken going over there and all that stuff, is is HRC going to beat those guys up and make them do it the HRC way, or is HRC going to be, have their ego parked enough because they've lost enough to say, you know what, let's be open to the ideas that they're bringing over from this manufacturer and look at it and say, look how good their bike was. Their bike kicked our bike's ass. That's the question that I have. I think that's just kind of lingering in the back of my mind is will HRC park their ego and allow it to happen? Or are they going to just say, you're in our culture now. This is the way we do business and beat those guys down and get the same thing that we've seen over the last several years. It's going to be hard because I think that now it seems like a few of the writers have been a little bit more outspoken about things. I mean, Mark is Mark Marquez is extremely outspoken right now about, Got to get better bikes, got to change, got to do this, got to do that. I mean, yeah, you can do that when other manufacturers are knocking on your door, can't well, you? Well, yeah. Yeah. But you don't <laughs> think that, you don't think that Renz and some of those guys are not going to be able to co- compliment the idea that there are issues with the bike and that needs to be figured out. I think, I think the person that you're going to look at this year and maybe be a little bit shocked at is Juan Mir. I mean, we've only really seen him on that Suzuki. We've seen him win the world championship. We've seen a guy who is, Fairly consistent. Didn't have the best year last year, but he's relatively consistent. And it's going to be interesting to see what he can do on this motorcycle. So there's a lot of question marks. I'm excited about the test coming up because we're going to get to see, you know, kind of everybody doing new new stuff. And, you know, again, the, the, the one thing that came out last week about Pedrosa even doing a wild card at Jerez was yeah, right. he basically said that he wouldn't go out and do a wild card if he felt like he was going to be battling around the rear of the field. Like he feels that that KTM is good enough right now where it's competitive. So the KTM, you know, maybe they could be a little bit of a sleeper team this year. I think that when you look at the guys that are there, Bender is so quietly spoken and Miller's just going to go about his business and do his thing. Um, You know, there's going to be a lot of things. It's going to be fun when we start doing our MotoGP uh, kind of wrap up. run up to the new season show in, in a few weeks. So we'll see how that all goes. Um, you, did you, did you hear the clip about Stamboli and Moto America and that he's developed a new swing arm for his superbike and that it's creating no. so much grip that it wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't go, it wouldn't like finish bumps and stuff. Oh really? No. So yeah. So, so the outside of the swing arm is what they were saying looks the same, but the internals, the way he designed it is totally different and it's created so much grip that he's got to come up with a different shock solution and electronics to allow for that grip. I mean, I'm just shaking my head, bro. I mean, he just continues to make that bike better. And you're like, why, why, 
You know, because well, we know that Richard. like because he's Richard. That's why. No, no, no. That's, I know. I know. No, no, no. I know that. I know the reason yeah. why. But I'm sitting there going like, man, you're already kicking everybody's ass, and now you, you just you're going to make it worse. I mean, there is that glimmer of hope that says that they struggle for the first two or three races, and it's a close championship early on. But you know, Heron's got a he's he's going to get a new bike. He's going to get the you know the latest iteration. But again, the bike's designed on Pirelli, so we don't know how much you know they took into account and the frame design and all that kind of stuff and how much tech support we know that Heron's not going to have any input into the development of the bike. That's all going to be done at world Superbike level. The BMWs and world Superbike trim are really struggling. And we know that, well, I haven't talked to anybody over there in a couple, like a month or two, but they're supposed to be getting factory support as well under the BMW team here in Moto America with Cameron Bobier. how quick they can get that bike developed. And you know what? It might be a case where on Dunlop's that bike is better you know, than it is on Pirelli's. But right now you have to look at the indicator and say, okay, Garrett Gerloff's their fastest guy on a fa- on a satellite bike and uh, everybody's bunched up and they're a second off everybody else. What's going to mm-hmm. happen here in the States? But, you know, again, Jay, in Moto America, we're in the same situation we've been in. On paper, you got Jake Gagne, Cam Peterson, right? Mm-hmm. Looking, looking great. You got Heron who's been training. He's fit. He's motivated. They haven't tested yet. I think they're going to test maybe... somewhere in February, like it's coming up soon, I think, where they're going to get to test that bike for the first time. So I feel right now they're already on their back foot because they're not testing and everybody else is. Skultzy's going to come back stronger, and they've been working hard over at Westby to to develop that bike. You know, it's, I mean, it's, you got Bobier and, you know, who knows who else is on that super bike. I don't even know. You know, is it, is it PJ and Corey? Is it, you know, Corey Alexander? Yeah, they haven't made any announcements. Yeah, I don't really know, yeah. but you have another couple right. Let's just say it was PJ and Corey or whatever it's going to be. Then you have two more riders that are podium potential riders right there. I mean, it's, and I'm forgetting other people. It's, Escalante it's looking on paper. Tony for oh, yeah, Suzuki. gosh. I mean, that's right. Tony Elias back. You, I you think know? that when you look at it, you know, and it was funny because you and I both got that text from Josh this week. I was cracking up because I had said last week on the podcast that Twins Cup, I think, is going to be one of the toughest. In, in our series. And by that, I meant because there's so many potential winners, there's, you know, when you look at it, there's, there could be seven or eight people that could win. Um, and that's why I was saying that it's that the difficulty of the class is just winning. Every class is hard to win. Every class doesn't matter. I was talking about more of the multiple winners um, who, who I feel. And I, I really only feel like when you really look at it on paper on our series, I really only feel that there's three guys, you know, let's talk, let's talk if conditions are fine and it, you know, we have dry races throughout. Um, And again, going back to no mechanicals or crashes or stuff like that. Any, anybody has the potential to win with some, um, if, you know, people start falling out of races and things. Um, But on paper, you got to look at, it's going to be Gagne. It's going to be Cam Peterson, um, Skoltz is going to be in there. Heron's going to be in there. Um, Bobier, depending on what they are able to do with the BMW, getting him going, it's hard to bet against him. I think the big thing for Bobier is he's on a, he's on a different, he's on a front tire that he can feel again now, you know, as opposed to what he was on over in, in Moto2. So that's going to help him. So, but when you really look at the reality of it is there's two, three guys, maybe four guys that can win. Um, you know, you look at some of our other classes that there might be multiple guys, I think, that have the and potential. There's, win. there's there's race winners that are going into Twins Cup that haven't proven they can win at Twins Cup level. But the jump from, 
junior cup to twins cup isn't like a massive, massive jump. So I agree with you. If you go through the list in twins, you go, oh yeah. We don't really know about junior cup, right? Because we don't really know who's in the Don't know any of them. Yeah, yeah. We don't know who's going to be there. And we know super sport. We don't know that. We don't know everybody. We don't, we don't know everybody in super sport yet either. We don't know everybody who's. Plus we don't know the development of the 750. I know there's an MV Augusta, you know, there's, there's an MV Augusta that might be coming in. I've heard rumors that, um, the triumph team, you know, maybe renting those, uh, Daytona bikes from, um, the TOBC team or something. I mean, I've heard a lot of stuff. So, so that's another unknown too. Who's yeah. going to get stuff worked so out. There's a I mean, lot we of know like, there. yeah, when it comes to like Heron on the Ducati, there, there's a couple things you go, if it rains. Okay. I mean, the dude's right there. He's got a lot of <laughs> yeah, potential of course, to win the yeah. race. Uh, Road America without question, you know, as long as that bike is 90% of what the other bikes are handling wise, Heron's got a hundred percent shot of, of winning races there, you know, places 100%. like that. Yes. We just don't know. We don't know what the new bike's going to bring. You know, we, we yeah, don't know and- a lot of that stuff. We don't know the new crew, you know, how, how many people are rotating. I mean, it just, I was talking with Roger Hayden about this just the other day, Jay, we were on the phone talking about, you know, different stuff about GP and Mo- world Superbike and Moto America. And Roger yeah. just sums it up the best. He said, without a crew chief, no one can win. And he's right. Especially in this day and age. If you don't have someone that can take your feedback and translate that either themselves into a computer or to the data technician who can take that information and translate it, you're dead in the water. Yeah. So that's really what it comes down to. And so I think for Aaron, there's a few unknowns there because I haven't really talked to him about like who's going to be on, who's the crew chief, you know, nor, you know, with Bobby, I know Bobby was able to bring one of his guys from Moto2 to the States in terms of mechanics that he really likes. So that should be good and a little bit comfortable as well for him. So yep. this stuff really makes a big difference. I know a lot of times we focus on the bike and on the rider, but it's all that stuff we talk about in the background that if it's all not dialed in and gelling and working, that that can also be a massive reason why things don't work. And there's your advantage for Skultz and there's your advantage for the, you know, for, for the attack team, right? Is that consistency of crew chiefs, mechanics, ideas, thoughts, all that stuff. Yeah, it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference when you have that relationship. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. I don't know when the first real. I know there's some testing coming up in February out here. I know that a few teams I've heard are, are going to Button Willow. So, when that happens, I'm hoping that I could be out there and and uh, you know be able to report back with some of this stuff for you. So, for the podcast, Let's get you on all well. the bikes. Bring your leathers just in oh, case. Yeah. Get you a few laps on the because I know Suzuki's got. We talked about it. You know, I, I don't know the details we can go into, but there's an update on the electronics that's going to make a huge difference for them. Yeah, which I, I think will be does. the challenge for a guy like Tony. So getting on that bike, I want you to ride the BMW. I want you to ride the new swing arm on the attack bike. So if you could mm. just do all this for me, yeah, thanks, Gito. You know, I don't think yeah. you'll be able to ride the Ducati necessarily, probably because there's only one or two out there. But I would love to ride you to Ducati, and then you just just give me a report back. It'd be fun yeah, to just ride fantastic. them and see what they're all like for sure. But um, I'd have to do it on four separate days because four laps at a time is about good enough for me right now with my fitness. So I'd have to do four laps on one bike one day, and then you know have a like a long rest till the next day. So um, we should yeah, get we'll you on see. Taylor's bike <laughs> on the MP13. I want to I want you to ride a Twins Cup bike and see what you think. I it's it is fun getting to ride different bikes and seeing what people are are dealing with now compared to you know, years and years ago. So like I said, that, that attack test a year and a half ago is the one that ruined me or not year and three months ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. It's like, yeah, it was a year it and three months, two ago, months. But, uh, yeah. that was just, yeah, that was it blew my brains away. So, so it'd be fun to get on some of the other ones and see where, where things are. 
Um, well, there's your news presented by Arai, people. Yeah. I, on the weekend, G-Dub, I actually, I actually did it. I drove down to Anaheim. <laughs> ah, kicking and My, screaming the whole time. So no, how did it end up it, happening? Did you go down it, the one, pick up Simon and drive, did. or did you, you yeah. drove the whole way? Oh, yeah. I picked up Simon, Malibu, then I mm-hmm. drove down to... In your car, your van. Where Kolb lives. My car. Mm. Picked up Kolb, drove down, and uh, we we ended up going to the stadium and got there. Like, pretty pretty much perfect time. Um, but it took forever to park. Forever. Like, insane. Like, you, you sit there and you think, for how long has have they been having <laughs> events at Anaheim Stadium? It probably took us 45 minutes to park. And when we got out... We sat in my car for an hour before we even moved. We didn't even, I sat in the parking place that I parked and I'm like, you know, that's it for me. This could be it. Final Anaheim of my life. I, it's Simon's birthday. That's why we went. We had a good time. We had great seats. We had an awesome time. So I'm kind of lying a little bit. I would definitely do it again, but, but man. Where's Corey is Alexander? Is he so in Europe? At the, no, at, or, no huh? he was, he, he lives down South now. He lives in Newport. So he was, oh, at, was he was there he with was us. He was there too. Okay. Yep. He's yep. posting some stuff on a like a, a dirt track that I I, I yeah he was at Paris. It. He was oh, at Paris, Paris on Sunday track. and yeah they were all out there uh, ripping around at Paris and Quadraro was out there riding with them which was cool and talked to Corey about that a little bit yesterday. So yeah they they all went the night after Anaheim they all went down to Paris and did some dirt tracking and and yeah it was good but they, it was a first it was the first round of the Triple Crown this weekend at Anaheim yeah, and it's great. you know. It's a. I like the format. It's you know you got. I like the format too. I just I, I just didn't know when I picked my freaking fantasy picks and got absolutely oh, hosed. Oh, didn't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it was it was good and it was man. I'll tell you, it was the racing was really really tight. Tracks. I really like the tracks this year. I think the tracks have been better than I've remembered them in the past. But Chase Sexton finally gets himself a win on the board for the for the his first one of the year. He goes one five one. To, to get the overall, you know, they do it based off of the whole kind of Olympic scoring system. Um, anybody that's familiar with that or how they do motos in the past. Jason Anderson ends up going 5-1-3, ends up second with Roxon 2-3-4, who's really consistent. He ends up third. Cooper Webb rode really well all night. And if it wasn't for him getting taken out in the first race, he ended up seventh. But GW, he's kind of a guy right now that's, I don't want to say he's flying under the radar, but he's getting good starts. He's there every week. He's you know, Cooper Webb, I think, is going to be tough this year. Ferrandis, Tomac ends up sixth. Get back to that in a minute. Plessinger ends up seventh. Barsha, Cian Cirillo, who who led a little bit, G-Dub, but he goes six, 11, and eight. And mm-hmm. Savachi ends up 10th. So Tomac ended up crashing right in front of us. Did you get to see it? No, I didn't. I was Oof. on air the whole was, time and didn't get to see big, it. It was big, big. It was big. It was one of those... How did he just get up and walk away from that type of big? And so that's the kind of stuff that can change the course of a championship and what it can do. And the fact that Tomac got up from that, I think everybody for a minute was holding breath, like, uh oh, that could be the championship. You know, it, we always talk about this. Was championship. it like as big as McAdoo's crash? Did you see that thing? I didn't practice? see McAdoo's. I did not oh. see it. Right. Heard he was pretty whoops. jacked up. Whoops, front end Boy. went down and he just slammed in and left arm was. <sighs> As big as my leg, dude. It's dude, amazing. I don't know yeah, if you could pay big. anybody enough money to get on those pro circuit bikes right now. Everybody's hurt. Forkner, mm. Shimoda, McAdoo obviously yeah. got a little dinged up. Uh, who's our other rider? I, I'm not, I can't think of right now that got well, that's hurt. That's just West Coast riders. The you two, know, both knows? their East Coast riders are out. Both yep. of them. 
They just signed Chris Blos, I think, to ride. They so did. they're yeah. So they are like yeah. Poor. I mean, that is just miserable. That is really really miserable. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. So anyways, it it was it was good. I think they go to Houston this next week, and then as far as the two fifty stuff. Oh wait, you're kidding me. They go to Houston. What? I think they go to Houston. Oh man, I've got to double check that because if that's the case, I've got to set alarms and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on air again Saturday night in Vegas. Oh, yeah. and the time change and the and the fantasy. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll be all okay. right. I gotta, I'll be I gotta put it on my calendar. I'll be out at Chuck this weekend. Oh yeah, so you might so, miss it too then. Well, be, no, because it, 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 no. <laughs> it gets light dark enough, so it's or it gets it gets dark uh early. So, you know, we'll be off the track by yeah, it'll give me a little time. It doesn't matter. Last Two uh, weeks ago, I had all the time in the world, and I still managed to balls it up. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Levi all Kitchen, right, yeah, yeah. Levi Kitchen ends up winning. G Dub rode really well too. Uh, he, he he has the best bike number in the field, so that has to has something to do with it. I'm sure. Um, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, he goes four two two. Jet Lawrence, kind of one of those nights, G Dub, where he he fell over a few times. You know, uh, he ends up going three six one in the in the race. He finished six. He had to come from dead last. And, um, you know, he ends up six and first race he tipped off. So, you know, he ends up three, six, one, give these guys a little bit of a break. Styles Robinson <laughs> ends up, Ten ends points. up third. He goes six, one, three. So he won a race as well. Oldenburg, Volan, Max Volan rode actually really well. He was fast all night. Um, the seventh and the eighth aren't really indicative. I think his first two motos of how well he rode, he ended up fourth in the, in the third moto. And then McAdoo, Derek Kelly, Pierce Brown, another guy who rode, well, but throws in that 13th in there after an accident. Nicoletti, who led most of the second race, Phil Nicoletti, um, he ended up most uh, leading most of it, and Dylan Washington ended up 10th. RJ Hampshire, just I don't know what it is. Every time I pick him, it's like feast or famine. He ended up winning the first race, doing a great job, and then DFL on the second, and then 13th in the last. So he probably got a little bit dinged up as well. But, you know, Jet just looks like he's on another – when you're when you're watching it, it, you could tell Jet just has a little something over everybody, and um, but he's had a little bit of bad luck. So you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him on a 450. Honestly, yeah, so am I. I, I just yeah. want to see if if maybe you know he's going to tell us if 250s are wasting his time this year because I really thought he would jump to 450s, but yeah, hey, he's going to get his crack. It's not a bad way to do it if he's not gelling with the 450. Just park the thing and stick Correct. around. But I, I, I got a feeling he's going to be fine. He leads that championship, though. Does Jet Lawrence over McAdoo, who didn't have a great, obviously, result over the weekend because he was hurt, 75 points to 59. So they have, what, six races left in the East. So remember, they have that Oakland fill-in that's coming up. And then when is that Oakland fill-up? Because it's that was the 17th or something of February or 18th. And then they have kind of a big off, and then they go to Seattle and Glendale and so on. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking in terms of the but Yeah, I think it's the 18th of February, I think, is when they go there. Is that when they're going? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Eli, actually, Jason, I think surprisingly, Tomac only leads the 450 championship by four points over oh, yeah. Chase Sexton and Cooper Webb. Those yeah. two are tied, and you, you, dude, you got to give it up to Kenny Roxon. I mean, coming in on it, doing really well. You know what's so funny, Jay? So I'm at this archery tournament over the weekend, and there's a ton of people that are huge, huge Supercross fans. I mean, it would make sense, you know, Supercross, motocross is an outdoor sport. You know, with you know, rural setting, a lot of the people who shoot hunt and all this kind of stuff. And I got in this great group of people, 
and we just kept talking, talking, talking. And everybody is like, can you imagine what Ken Roxon's doing on a 2007 Suzuki? Yeah. And I started laughing. I'm like, why right. are you guys calling it a 2007 Suzuki? Because like the bike hasn't changed. Did you see him kickstarting the bike after he tipped oh, off last weekend? So bad, dude. Poor guy. I know, kicking, dude. Kicking, and I'm like, kicking, dude, I'm like sitting there oh. going like, everybody's right. It's an 07, you know? And I'm like, yeah, but you man. Gotta look at, that just goes to show how good the bikes are. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the fact that yeah. Suzuki is a good bike. Nobody that, and it, and it goes again to show that like, there's no teams really getting that Suzuki support because otherwise more teams would be on a Suzuki because it's not a bad bike, obviously, but he's definitely at a disadvantage. All right. Enough to talk about all that stuff. Let's just go to something that really makes a difference, which is the Pulp MX Fantasy in our Greg's Garage Pod League. 317 members all fighting Jason right now for top prize, a new Arai helmet, a set of Dunlop Q5s. Second place gets a set of Dunlop Q5s. Third place gets a set of Q5Ss. Those are the street version. We can go carve the canyons up with them and all that stuff. The other one's track day bike. So, Jason, before hmm. we get any further, let's talk about your deal, my deal, because I screwed myself really badly. I mean, I was on the air, and I, I did have an hour left. I got off the air, and I had an hour left, and I, I was exhausted, but I could have spent a little bit more time. But 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 there's been some big shakeups, Jason, and you got to really hold you you got to hold on to your hat. So Twig, <laughs> is that right? Yeah, Twig five four seven leads the way right now. Okay, yeah, got seven hundred thirty eight points, four points behind his tray belt, and in third place, Caro forty three. This yeah. is a person who goes to bed hours before yeah, they even get to that. the. She had a kid, oh, so maybe she's up all night. Who knows? Oh, she had the kid. Oh, she had. Yes. Okay. Congratulations, Caro. She won't be listening to this podcast. She'll be busy doing stuff. You know, Probably, yeah. But B- BJP forty three up to still eighth place. Here, if she was still here, I'd have mm. to hear about this every day. Ah, uh, that'd be so good if she was. You'd have to hear about it every day. I'm fine. So with it. be glad that that's not the case because we're not getting razzed as much. So you're. P three. What are the chances? Maybe good. that she's had the kid now. She may might miss one or two. No, maybe she's up all night, and that's why she's capable of doing so good. That's maybe. the theory I'm going to go with. Yeah, well, if there's but, anything I can do to help you beat JP forty three, let me know. I'm really, really, you know, you're in P eight right now, trying to work is? your way up. Beat oh, JP forty three. Yeah, he's doing good. I had a great week. I, it's that it's just going to haunt me that I that I missed a week. I just screwed look, up and missed that look week. Look at Keys. Look at Keys thirty eight, man. Keys thirty eight and P nineteen. I saw Derek. I saw him last week at um at Chuckwalla. He was with Brendan Kettleson. Hmm. So yeah, asshole's favorite. So let's see. Did you? Where are you now? And if I'm you like look, hundred. I don't know. Hundred and I don't even know where I was going into last week. To be honest with you, but I'm you were on page three. You're one twenty two. I'm ahead of you, D- dude. I slid off a of page two to page. How three. can you be that bad when I missed a week? Uh, That's bad. Well, up. I scored a, only one hundred thirty one points because I didn't know it was a triple crown. Okay, I went and just did the sort. I I went to the rider thing, and I was like, "All right, give me only people that qualified and sort by their uh, handicap, right?" Yeah. yeah. So, and then I went click, 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 and that was it because I thought I had four minutes to do it. Yeah. And then I was like, I finally, I hadn't eaten. I ate. uh, I ate the day before. Wait, this was what night? Saturday night. Saturday night, I was on the air from one to eight thirty. So I had. I think I had lunch. And then I had to get up at 7 and be on the air at 8 a.m. again. So I was just like, all right, let me just chuck some food down. And so I was just there doing that thing before the restaurant closed in the hotel I was at. 
And so I was like, I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses. I mean, I could have paid more attention. And somebody did tell me when I was at the archery tournament, don't forget it's triple crown, wow. you know, but my brain was mush. So yeah, well, I went there and then I went to Mikey's house and they're showing the last chance qualifiers at like five in the afternoon. I'm like, what is going on? And then it was like, oh, it's a triple crown. Everybody's in the field that gets in from those, you know? So yeah, they so held the last I, I picked two riders, two riders in the 250 class weren't even there. Didn't mm. even make it. Good. So I only had six in a triple crown. I only had six riders. In. That's how bad yeah. I did. Yeah. Wow. That's rough. Especially when yeah. it's, it's literally impossible if you looked at any of the results, but it, yeah, dude, it is. You're Look, busy. You're, you're just, slammed. You're doing your thing. So yeah. 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 These, these two weekends are like that for me. I always take a dip. Like normally I forget. So I was, at least I got some points, but I wish I could figure do. out what the average points were for week two. I'm sure I could. And then just be interested in San Diego. Yeah, the one I screwed up on. Because if I could have just got average points that week, I'd be quite a bit further up. But anyways, I'm not. I'm way back. I'm back there battling with you. I'm hoping to make it up on the second page at some point and keep creeping well, up the list. I, you know, you can so. sort. Like I can sort. So let's let's see how you did. Let, I want to see how you did Anaheim too alone. Okay, I did good. I got 251 points. Yeah. So so Rotten ended up winning Anaheim too. Racer Russ was third. Hucklebuck Racing. I'm uh, sorry, Racer Russ was in second, Hucklebuck Racing in third. Caro was actually 14th in that one. Yeah. Uh, Masshole was 25th. Hog Spoli, 29th. What? How many points did you have? 251. Oh, yeah, there you are. You were 26th. You were 26th. Yeah. I was happy so, with that, though. Shit. That's good. Yeah, Rotten, 291 points. Dude, that's great. Oof. That's wow. that's killing it, by the way. So that's good. I wonder yeah, where that one sixty fourth overall. Overall, <laughs> that's yeah, that's killing it. All right, it's pretty good there. Yeah, he even had more like points me. than that. Sheesh. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty. Oh, so you know we're still early too? in the season Dude, for this. So if you that's can have the other a, thing, yeah. see, that's the other thing that we didn't do is first lap leaders. Like you got to do it at the triple crowns because it doesn't hurt you to do it because you got three shots at it. Oh, that's a good point. So he got 30 points just off that. So smart. Super it's another smart. Strategy. It's another strategy. No, it's not even. It's, it's, that's, that's when you. That's it's when it's your, not a sucker bet. Yeah, it's a great play. So that's what. He got an extra 30. He had 261 points and got 30 points just for the whole shot stuff. So. When's yeah, the next triple really, crown? That's really that, I've got I've to know that. When's the next triple crown, no, people? I don't even know either. I don't even know. Supercross online. <laughs> online com right isn't that what it is yeah so what's your week like, look like next week so i leave to go to vegas thursday morning i'm there at 9 30 in the morning we i shoot friday morning and start doing some video i'm on air saturday night and i'm on air sunday night mm-hmm. so and then after that i'm home for like two weeks okay so i oh actually i don't get home dude some days it doesn't pay. I mean, I've been so bad lately. Supercrosslive.com. I've been so bad lately at doing my travel. My yep. my flight isn't the red eye Sunday night getting home Monday morning. My red eye is Monday night at 1010. I don't get home till Tuesday morning. So to, next Tuesday, I'm going to be an absolute wreck. We can try it or we can just wait till Wednesday next week to do the podcast. Yeah, I can wait but, till Wednesday. I, I'm going to Chuckwalla and I, go, I come back like Monday night or something. All right, so we'll wait till Wednesday. I am, though, going to bring the podcasting equipment. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago 
that we would kind of talk about some tire warmer stuff. And so the guy who does all the, the cap tire warmer stuff is in Vegas. So I was like, you know what? If I'm out there and I have an entire day to kill because dude, yep. to change my flight is four hundred and ninety four dollars. Yeah, crazy. To change it one day earlier. And I'm like, I'm not I would rather rent a car and spend 150 bucks and drive to Hoover Dam and you know go do yeah. foresty things than do yeah. that. You know, yeah. since I don't have to rush home. But anyway, so I think I'm gonna meet up with uh, Greg Arnold and and we'll we'll do a little bit like of stuff that we can throw into our podcast and, and pepper in you know, some little helpful tips about tire warmers, when you use them, why you use them, new tires, you know, all that kind of stuff. Cause we had talked about it and I know that people think they have all the answers and they don't. Yeah. Uh, let's see if we look at the schedule. So you're right. Houston, which is two hours difference. Yeah. So that the gate drops at 8 PM or basically that's when they're going to go live. So you will have till six is Vegas Cali time right now. I think it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So I'll have until six o'clock. So I actually don't think I'm on the air until seven, seven to like 10 on yep. Saturday night. So I think my excuse train just left. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you have no excuses. Yeah. Just so you go Houston, out. Tampa, then they go all the way back to Oakland, and then they go to Texas, back to Texas. Yep. I know that yep. that's a tough schedule for them in terms of getting those trucks back and forth. Then Texas to Florida, then Indianapolis, Michigan, uh, Michigan. Then they go all the way to Seattle. Then they got to go all the way down to to uh, Glendale. Yeah, um, no, it's it's a busy schedule for them. So very yeah. busy. So busy, anyway, busy. Uh, that's that's about it for us. I don't really know if you have much of anything else. I'll be definitely reading the results of these tests. No, I'm and telling I'm, you, man, it's going to get here quick, G-Dub. We're going to be about a month out from Daytona. I was already looking at plane tickets last night. I know we got our hotel stuff sorted. And, um, you know, we'll do our 200 on 200. And then the baggers, I think we got down there for us. And then do our Saturday night gig. Go watch Supercross like we did last year. It was fun. Damn, the, where where did we go? The Ale House. Did we just go Ale across House. the street? Ale House. We went to the Ale House, watched Supercross, saw everybody in there after the 200, which was a blast. Hopefully it'll be warmer down there this year. Remember last year it was cold all the time yeah, we were down there and raining and all that. Yeah, yeah, it was a mess. But it's going to be here quickly, and I know there's going to be some testing coming up. So I'm looking forward to getting out to Chucky this weekend, do a little bit of riding, a little coaching, and then, um, then, then, yeah. So we'll do our podcast next week. All what's right, the we'll test dates for MotoGP? Weekend. Wait, what's the test dates for MotoGP next week? So that that first one is is in four days. So and then oh, so we're so, then, then the, so we'll have that talk about. And then nine days from now is when they have the 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 big test going on. So it'll be we'll be talking about the official MotoGP test when they have everybody on the bikes and everything else. Probably in what two podcasts from now. Got so it. We'll do one one next week, and the following one is when we'll be t- start talking about the Sepang test for MotoGP. I mean, next week we'll talk about if if any information leaks out that's the whole thing the sepang test i don't know which one of these tests is closed if it was just the test rider test that's closed or if it's the you know official test that's closed so right. hopefully we'll have enough information coming out of there where these journalists will get to do their job we'll get some good interviews from motogp.com fill you in on what we know with our contacts and be off to the races all right you dub well shoot let's uh let's get ready to do i know you got a big travel weekend enjoy your time in vegas go make, i want to hear i want to get a phone call with a big money slot win or a photo you know make <laughs> my right. mom proud you know she'd be okay, very proud okay. of you if you yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you win something yeah. big on a slot so uh we'll get to our podcast next tuesday or wednesday everybody looking forward to some MotoGP gp action coming up in a few days we'll figure out 
what happens with this World Superbike Test. We'll talk a little bit more about that. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Everybody have a safe week and a safe weekend. Talk to you soon. 